Ladies and gentlemen, episode four of The Ultimate Fighter 31 was an absolute doozy. I dig my heels in the ground talking about the catchweight for Timor and Trevor Wells. Wonderboy Thompson makes an appearance, and we talk about why my coaching style is much different than my fighting style. And I break it all down with the boy Taylor Lewan. Bruce, hit him with the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! The Ultimate Fighter! Ladies and gentlemen, you heard the man, Bruce Buffer. This is the Ultimate Fighter Season 31 Reaction Show, hosted by yours truly, Michael Chandler, and brought to you by Car Shield. Thank you all so much for tuning in. First things first, we've been doing a weekly giveaway every single week. Um, Connor, hit us with the winner of this week. This week's winner is Alan Wynn. Alan Wynn, congratulations. Yes, let's go. Hey, so for those of you who have... Um, not heard yet. I am giving away 12 of these. A signed copy of As a Man Thinketh with a bookmark of a signed Panini card. Inside of the book, we will be shipping those out after the last episode. Link is in the bio here uh, on YouTube if you're watching or in the in the show notes on audio um, or on my Instagram uh, link profile. So make sure you sign up and enter yourself into the giveaway. But I am excited to break down episode four with a extremely good friend of mine, a man who I've been to numerous fights with. Uh, he is a perennial pro bowler for the Tennessee Titans, and he is Bussing with the boys, mm. Taylor Lewan, everybody. What an intro! I'll clap <laughs> for myself. Go. Let's go. I'll clap for myself, dude. dude. That's fucking awesome. What an thank intro, you. dude. Thank you so much for being here, man. You and I have talked fights. We've talked fights with Dana, mm. boys with Dana. Dana, you know? we are becoming friends, yeah. and I do enjoy <laughs> exactly. every single bit of that. You've been to slap fights, and you actually, uh, before we even get into it, into it, actually, one of the coolest things, and it's actually a little bit embarrassing because I pride myself on never being tired. I pride myself yeah. on having a ton of energy. I pride myself on going into the suck and coming out smelling like a rose. Unscathed. But I saw you in Vegas week two of this freaking show that mm. I was that I was that I was uh, a coach on. And tell me exactly how you felt. How did you feel about the boy? Well, yeah, obviously you, you said it, dude. You like going into the suck and being unscathed and like like a better roses, man. My man does not take ad adversity. You just handle it. You handle adversity. I, I pride myself on that. Yeah. So we were doing a vlog for Busting with the Boys, and uh, we're like, yo, Mike's in town. We were all trying to meet up or whatever. It was the first time I ever gambled with Dana. So yep. like my nerves are high. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, I walk in the UFC headquarters like Dan here, and It's just a cool setup what uh -huh. you guys got going on in there. And I saw you, and I was like, man, I've never seen Mike like this in my life. You seemed <laughs> so drained. And the thing you got oh. so mad about, I was like, bro, you tired? You're like, I don't get tired. You're tired. I don't get tired. That's what I, I was like, I don't get tired. You're exhausted right yeah. now. I know. And it just became a running joke the entire time about how tired you were the but whole time. It was really funny. I was like, hey, are you sick? No, nah, man, I don't get sick. Are you yeah. tired? No, nah, I don't get tired. Yeah. But I was legitimately, and, I, and I've said this now, this is episode four, plus we had the pre-show. I honestly said this is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. Mm -hmm. I could go through a 12-week training camp. And I can handle the ups and downs, but man, this being having a camera on you at all times, having a microphone on you at all times, knowing that you're going to be on ESPN all summer, always on eggshells because Connor's around. I'm trying to get my guys into the best scenario possible. Mm -hmm. I cared so much more 
about these guys than I ever care about myself. Right. Leading into my own fights. So it was, uh, the boy was, the boy was struggling. When you were talking about struggling and how, how draining it was, what was like the number one factor of drain? Was it the cameras being on you all the time? I feel like you always had to be on. Was it, Hey, what's Connor going to say? Like, do I have to have a rebuttal? Cause then I, I don't want him to say something that I look like a certain way. Was it the guys and them yeah. fighting? Like there's a lot of variables that end up draining the tank a little bit. A lot of variables. I think the biggest thing was, I think just every single day, Every single moment that my eyes were awake, I was, I was fully into this show. Yeah. If I, even if we get done with the fight night and all my guys won, okay, that's great. Give them, you know, give them hugs and I love yous and this is great, man. I'm excited for you guys. Okay, but now I got these other four guys that mm -hmm. were fighting in a couple days, you know, because week to week, it looks like these guys have had, we've had all these weeks, but it's a 12 week show, but we only filmed it in four, four, almost five weeks. Yeah, so, so super condensed. Super condensed, which meant, you know, there was no days off. I think we were there for 32 days or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we were on for 29 or 30 of them, you know, where I actually had a day off. There was one or two of them. So yeah, to say, you know, plus... Just constantly figuring there was all kinds of new stuff. We saw at the very end of this episode, some drama that's happened with Bracketona that we'll get into later. But, you know, there was just constant ups and downs with this whole thing and me feeling like I had to pour into these guys, which meant I was not pouring into myself whatsoever. Right. Drain, <laughs> draining the tank for sure. Draining the tank. I will, I will say of the episodes I've seen, I've missed one episode and that was last week's episode. Seems like you're around the boys a lot more than old Connor. Yeah. Seems yeah. like, seems like Connor was focused, not so much pouring into the boys, more pouring into himself. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely say, uh, I, it is, it is coming across, you know, on ESPN that I am a, you know, the coach who cares a little bit more, but you know, I will say, and I, and I not necessarily stood up for Connor, but he was in the training sessions, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but they were just, the stuff that they were working on was a little bit different than, you know, even, even bringing in Stephen Wonderboy, Wonderboy Thompson, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is a certified one of one talent. He's a, he's a karate in and out kickboxing. Like none of these guys can really get too much from a guy like Stephen Wonderboy right. Thompson. And I'm not saying Wonderboy is a great coach because, and they have their academy out in, I believe it's Simpsonville, uh, South Carolina, and they do a phenomenal job and I'm sure those kids are crushing it. But to come into this, run one practice and show and all this stuff that's not exactly going to translate, you know, they had the right ideas, but it was very much more about the, the shiny object than it was just the, <clears throat> just the nuts and the bolts of getting the wins, mm -hmm. you know? And even you saw it at the very end of this episode, they were like, man, I wish I would have worked on my grappling more. Yeah. That's all we really worked on. I have my striking coaches there, Jason Strout, mm -hmm. Sean Soriano, um, Bader held some mitts, um, Bob Cook held some mitts. Guys were hit. we were throwing mitts and we were there. Guys were throwing hands every single practice. But the nuts and bolts of it was, hey, we have ten minutes to go out there and win these grappling exchanges, the cage work, taking taking the center of the octagon, and obviously, you know, it's showing. And obviously, Connor was ticked that you know there should have been a third round in this last one. And yeah, we'll get into that fight. Um, but as you saw too, Timor versus Trevor Wells, it had to get pushed off. <clears throat> until the second week because of herpes <laughs> well yeah, yeah there you go yeah <laughs> because some, of some sort of mustard on the side on of that face, which is unfortunate um you know for for trevor and trevor's a trevor's a stud man obviously timor's my guy i was ranting and raving about timor on espn on the show uh but trevor wells was definitely a guy that i had my eye on because i knew dan henderson had told me that there was a guy on the team that he knew he didn't tell me who it was because he wasn't really allowed to but i would by deductive reasoning and doing a little research i found out you know it was trevor wells and i was i had a soft spot in my heart for him mm -hmm. and uh obviously i ended up not being on his team but um these two dudes fought and let's, uh, let's get into the fight. Um, I think we're just going to watch the highlights because obviously it was a 10 minute fight, but there was some really good highlights in there. I think, you know, 
going back and watching it a second time, well, actually, this would be the third time that I've seen it. It was definitely close. Yeah. When I was there, obviously, bias. We're all biased. You know, whether it's a football game, whether it's uh, watching a fight, we're all biased. My bias definitely said that that Timor ran away with it. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a close fight. Definitely, I mean, definitely close fight. You're, you're definitely the expert in the situation. I love sitting with you as you're breaking down everything that's going on because then I'm just kind of learning because I have no idea. I have no, I have no wrestling background, none of this. And so it was really cool to listen. It does seem like Timor ran away with it a little bit. And then as you're like, hey, that was, you do a good job of being non-biased, of saying, hey, this guy, that's some good punches. Oh, team, oh that's bad defense by so-and-so or whatever, back and forth. And it's, it's fun to watch with you. Well, thank you. Well, it's, it, it, it is a hard position too because, you know, let's, right after this, uh, Trevor becomes not an enemy anymore, mm-hmm. right? He's on. He's wearing the blue. He's on Connor's team, but he's not in quote unquote opposition anymore. Same thing with Jennerman after the first one, and mm-hmm. then uh, Mondo after the second one, and then last week was Aaron McKenzie. And then you start to <clears throat> once these guys are no longer on the show, you also start to just break down the walls, and you're like, okay, well, hey, let's let me help mentor you through your black eye and your stitches and and the, yeah. the pain that you're feeling that you have to be stuck here in this crappy scenario for the next four weeks. And I got to know these guys and peel back the layers too. So it's it was hard to, uh, you know, obviously I'm riding riding with my my guys in red, uh, but ultimately they were all just dudes chasing a dream. Well, I'm you know? glad you're there for them because it seemed like you were the only one that was. There the <laughs> let's roll. The, let's I'll roll talk the to shit. I'll Let, talk to yeah, shit. You just keep chirping yeah, at Connor. All right, I will. Let's roll the tape. <laughs> So, hey, the first round, um, first round was definitely closer than I remember, to be honest with you. Man, Trevor, pretty big dog. Trevor hit him with a couple really good shots. Trevor was doing a good job of, of answering back because what Timor did really well was throw, you know, we're talking about spinning back kicks. Uh, that he threw an axe kick in there at one point in time. He threw a spinning back fist. Yeah. Timor's legs were flying around yeah, out there. Timor did a really good job of mixing everything up, which takes you out of the rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, you know, Dana giving a ringing endorsement to Trevor. I hope Trevor still gets a contract with the UFC. He'll probably be on the finale eventually, whenever that finale is, mm-hmm. August or September. Um, but Timor did a, also did a really good job. He looked like he started to fade later on in the first round, and I thought it was going to be more in the second round that he started to fade a little bit. But he came out and did did really well. Yeah, that second round when he had him on the ground the whole entire time, like. Two and a half, three minutes of having that type of control. Strong. Impressive to see. And you did, I mean, the whole catch weight thing seemed like it worked out in Timor's favor a little bit. But that's good coaching and that's good negotiating. I had to to stand up for my dude, you know, because Timor is the bigger guy. And you definitely saw it more in the second round when he got on top of Trevor. You could see it in the size of their bodies when they were on the ground. Mm -hmm. Timor, as a 35er, when I was grappling with him, when I was pushing him up against the cage, he was pushing me up against the wall. We were working on these specific things man this dude feel because i'm also rolling with 135 or 155ers right guys that are 20 pounds heavier than him and he was stronger than some of those dudes yeah you get that just you get that, that muscle that, yeah that, that side muscle that dense dagestani just hard life showing up in the octagon right and then this right here was a little bit a little bit scary when trevor gets that that reversal um but timor did a great job on the ground landing a bunch of punches they both got nice big cuts on their nose uh on the bridge of their nose and Connor, obviously, complaining about the third round. I will say, I've, after going back, I could see how he's even more upset than right. than he than I was there. I was like, okay, cool, we got another win. We're going to keep stacking up the wins. Yeah, four and zero, four and zero, four and zero for the boys. We're four and zero for the boys. When now. you're sitting there watching that, how hard is it for you to stay unbiased? 
Um, well, I mean, I wasn't really that unbiased there. Um, I didn't care. You know, it's always hard, you know, when you see Trevor, like I'm sure Trevor watches this and I'm like, Hey, Trevor's basic wrestling and basic striking. This is all he has, but look at Timor. Timor's got the wrestling. He's got a plethora of strikes and all these different things where I'm really hyping my guy up. It could very much look like Trevor's probably like thinking, man, that's, he's kind of dogging on me right there. Yeah. But obviously when you're in there, you know, you're, whenever you're, whenever you're playing football, you're like, we got this, 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 and this, forget right. those guys, forget, forget the team. You know, that's yeah, kind you know how it is, right? Yeah, you throw you throw shade at everybody because even when yeah. you watch film on guys in the NFL, like they could be it could be JJ Watt. I'm like yeah. that's fucking, you know, he's not that good. Look at it, that move slow. Like yeah. you're kind of telling yourself whatever you have to tell yourself to make sure that hey, it's all going to work out. It's never it's never personal until unless it you know actually becomes, becomes personal. personal. Yeah, unless you do the old uh, the arrow, the Josh Norman. Yeah, yeah, the Josh Norman arrow. That was personal. That was dude. awesome. <laughs> but you know, he faded. He did. We, <laughs> yep. We all fade at some point, brother. Exactly. We all fade at some point. So. Yeah, it was so it was uh you know obviously it's hard and I, and, I, and this happened to me a couple times I go back and watch I'm like man I wish they wouldn't have said that I, they wish they wouldn't have pulled that maybe Jen, it hurt Jennerman's feelings or hurt this guy's feelings of course it's because I think I feel for these guys especially mm. when they lose I man we talk about these exit interviews and the dudes are crying I mean my favorite line of the show so far I think when Mondo said I love this game so much but sometimes it just don't love me back yeah and it doesn't matter if it's football if it's if it's fighting if it's any sport if it's finances if it's business if it's relationships man it's just a it's tough to see someone's heart get broken and tears coming down dude yeah. leaving an ambulance last weekend aaron mckenzie leaving an ambulance man it's it's tough mm. but ultimately man this is why we love the show and they, they did a really good job with the backstories of these guys um you know so obviously starting with the fight um Connor and I think and they didn't show Connor coming in. I think this was this was definitely the the fight night where Connor started getting a little little chirpy, yeah, know, a little bit more. Hey, man, this is because of course, if I was on the other side of it and I was now four zero oh, and four, and there is at least one other fight where it could have gone to a third round. I think the McKenzie versus uh, Austin Hubbard fight was clear cut two two and a, two to nothing. Should have went to should have went to a decision after that second round for sure. Mm -hmm. But this one definitely could have been a little bit more right. up in the air. So you see Connor kind of come into the cage and is like, let's fight boys. Let's go to a third fight. Right. Which now looking back on it, it kind of would have been cool to watch those guys fight again. Let me but, ask you this. If you're sitting in that situation, the roles were reversed. You're sitting 0 and 4 right now. What, like, what are you doing? What are you saying to your guys? Yeah. I got to get them back up. Cause these guys, other guys that haven't fought yet, they're not fighting, but they're also seeing their team get their, their ass beat essentially. Yeah. And that's when doubt can creep in. Well, what if that happens to me? Or, yeah. And then there's other guys who are like, I'm going to be the guy that turns us around, but there's different mindsets when it comes into it. Yeah. It's tough because ultimately, yeah, you're watching and cause you got to remember too, it's a, it's an individual show. Yeah. Even the one fifty fivers and the one thirty fivers on the same team can win their fights and end up fighting each other. So you're on a team, but you're not really on a team, mm -hmm. but ultimately you're still, you know, watching from the sidelines, bring feeling the feeling the the electricity feeling the 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 mojo of the team of of the guys getting their hand raised or not hell yeah but ultimately you know if i was in that position i'm sure i would have changed course a little bit i sure mm. i would have said i would have put it on myself and said okay hey this isn't about you guys losing this is about me not showing up as a leader mm -hmm. you are not winning these fights because i have not shown up as a leader i haven't made you believe that you can win so that would have been my approach and i probably would have got a little bit more a little bit more animated, probably a little bit more. They would have really felt it, you yeah. know, and not in the sense where I'm like their, you know, college football coach or their college wrestling coach where they're like, you're going to feel it right now because right. I own you. I mean, this is, they're on their own, they're on their own path. I'm on my own path, but I would have made them feel it more. But you bring up a good point about 
everybody's on their own path. And like these guys come in, you shot this in four weeks. Like how much can you really teach these guys? Like yeah. sometimes the talent level is just that much different. Yeah, for sure. Well, and even going back to, cause I said this earlier in the exit interview, when he was, uh, when Trevor Wells, who just lost this fight was talking to Mondo Jennerman and Aaron McKenzie. He's like, man, I just wish I would have grappled a little bit more. Cause mm-hmm. obviously he lost this fight because of the grappling. Wish I would have grappled a little more. And that was my that's my bread and butter from a coaching standpoint. Um, obviously you see the way I fight. I'm not a big grappler out there, but yeah. ultimately I, these guys were grappling every single day. Mm-hmm. We sparred maybe one day. Um, and if it was, it was very light. Hey guys, we're not against each other. We're not fighting each other. You don't need to go into these crazy, these crazy hard sparring matches. You could get cut, you could get injured. Your dreams could be shattered right now. So right. my guys were on the wall every single day half of the practice and then on the ground, the, another third of the practice. And then the re- the other third, maybe it was, uh, or another quarter, I guess you would say, w- was a little bit of striking, whether it be hitting the bags or hitting mitts. I always had at least one mitt coach there working on their boxing because that's the most fun thing to watch yeah. or the most fun thing to do. I'm sure in football, there's the most fun drill to do and there's the one that you hate doing. Absolutely. But a lot of times it's the one that you hate doing that you need to do the most. Right. And making it fun, making them, reminding these guys that no matter what, it's a two round fight. They cannot lose the grappling exchanges. They cannot lose the cage exchanges. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in the first three fights, these guys' ability to not get taken down or push them up against the cage and grind the clock down and able to, in order to get the two-round win is what we had to do. What, is, what does cage exchange mean? Because I know a grappling exchange a yeah. little bit, but cage exchange, what is that? So up against the cage is where most of the takedowns happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought when I was getting into mixed martial arts because I was a college wrestler, I thought the wrestling, most of the takedowns were going to be done out in the middle of the cage. Mm-hmm. Not, not true at all. And I, and honestly, I thought that I honestly thought that cage wrestling was going to be a lot easier than it actually was. I thought I was going to be able to, I thought I was going to be able to take guys down off the cage a lot, but you could take a very average wrestler mm-hmm. and try to take him down on, off the cage. And it's very hard. You got the cage he's leaning up against. He's able to, he's able to scoot his body. He's able to scoot his body up to the cage where you can't get your hands in there. Can't get mm-hmm. your arms in there. It just sucks everything into a very small, confined, little bitty pressure cooker. And you're trying to navigate and negotiate. Plus you're trying to keep your body high, trying to keep your, your head underneath his chin, but you also need to attack the legs. It's a, it's a, it's an acquired skill. So that was the biggest thing that we worked on in these two round fights. Right. You know, and it's so. so quick too. So like the gas tank, you need to blow it out every single fight. Yes. Like there's no, like, Hey, I to feel this one out. You don't feel them out at all. No, like when you there's fight, there's no feeling out. It's terrifying to see. As <laughs> yeah, your friend, as a friend, as a friend. As, yeah. yeah, that's my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question. Poor Breezy. <laughs> yeah, and that's Taylor. Tough. His, yeah. yeah, your your wife was at my last fight. You know, yeah, like going there and then it's like, oh, it's chaos. Absolutely, chaos. right away, foot on the gas, and because ultimately too, you're fighting the heart and the spirit of a man too. Mm-hmm. So you're that is a technique. You know, punches, kicks, knees, elbows, mm-hmm. and then the iron sharp as iron. Mono e mano car crash in the middle of the cage. Who takes a backward step first? Mm-hmm. That's where I, you know I'm at now. Obviously, if my fight style was my coaching style, I think we would have lost numerous of these first couple fights, right? Or you know now four fights that we could have we could have been two and two by now. But it was more important for me to secure these guys' future much more than it was for me to say, hey, this is the Chandler way I fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I understand the game a lot more than people understand that. I a lot more than I. A lot more than I show in my fights, if you will. Mm. So <laughs> yeah, we can break down your fights all the time. <laughs> yeah. But with the, with with Timor, man, it just seemed like do you do you see it in guys' eyes with the whole fighting thing? Like I like because when you're watching as just a fam, 
when you first start digesting the UFC, you just look at two brutes going at it, and these guys are just fist, fist mm-hmm. cuffing, and then one dude catches another dude, and one dude pins another dude, and you're like, wow, that was a wild fight. And then as you start to learn more and more, like the mentality, how much the mentality goes into it, the technique, the fundamentals, the power, all that stuff. Like when you're looking at these guys, are you being able to see like within the first hour, okay, this guy's got the attitude, this guy, not so yeah. much. Yeah, and, and the good thing was, I think that's more of a, well, so here, there was a, having the veterans was a double-edged sword mm-hmm. because now that we're seeing us be 4-0, and I've even seen people talk their talk on the socials and stuff, hey man, this isn't even, you know, this isn't even a a, a, a competition. Of course the veterans are going to beat the prospects. And the I would think that too, yeah. But ultimately too, you got to remember, uh, you, you've seen these backstories last week, Austin Hubbard up at four in the morning, working at a water, working at a house restoration company. That's his full-time job. Nate, uh, I'm sorry, Nate Jenner was the uh, UPS guy, but Cody Gibson, he's a high school PE teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, Roosevelt Roberts is still chasing the fight, the fight dream, but he's, he's probably got a part-time job. These guys are still, since they leave the UFC, there's not a lot of money outside of the UFC in these smaller promotions. So half of them have, half of them have full-time or at least part-time jobs. So have they given up on the dream? We didn't, we didn't know that. Right. I found out pretty quickly that my guys had a lot of fire left in them and they they felt like they were wronged by being cut from the UFC. Therefore, they deserve to be in the UFC. Therefore, we're seeing Team Chandler at 4-0 now. But it could have very well been like, eh, man, this was just kind of a cool opportunity that my manager brought to me. Right. I can't, I'm going to go, you know, Pete, Coaching PE is my is my my passion, or or taking over this water restoration company for my father in law is actually my passion. Right. This is just something that I did because get it was, that fifteen minutes it of was fame. cool. Yeah, exactly. Get the yeah. you get twelve hours of fame on ESPN over this over this whole summer. If mm-hmm. this was a, an opportunity that you couldn't pass up, compared to the prospects, where it's like these guys are still full of piss and vinegar. They still think they deserve to be in the UFC. They they're this is their opportunity to shine and get to the UFC, fight in front of Dana. So there was a there was a an interesting scenario there. But my guys were just so much more experienced. Mm-hmm. They have been weathered as well. They felt the pain of being released, and it and either lit a fire under them, which we're seeing now. My guys have a fire so far, or it was going to be. 15 minutes of fame and they were going right. to, you know, just another opportunity. And you brought up a good point about having the the pain and hurt of being cut. Like whenever Rabel would come up in the middle of camp or the middle of OTAs, he would say, who here's been cut? And more than half the team raises their hand. Crazy. And he's like, these guys, like he would point to me, like Ted doesn't know what it's like to be cut. Like he doesn't, he doesn't understand that at least up until this February, yeah. but he would point at, you know, so-and-so how many times you've been cut? Guy'd be like six times. He goes, how bad does that hurt? And he'd be like, it's the worst pain in the entire world. But you would see guys who've been cut, lost an opportunity, gained an opportunity, and now are fighting harder than maybe some of these rookies that haven't mm-hmm. felt the pain of, you know, when you go play college football, you're there for four years, four, or four to five years, based if you're registered or not, and you know you're going to be there. Yeah. With the NFL, it's like, you could be done. Mm-hmm. 90 days. Good. So he puts you on the spot right there. Like, yeah. yeah. This is our superstar, Taylor Lewan. He doesn't know what it's like to be he's cut. A, he's, he's like, soft dang, as bro. Fuck. Exactly. Soft yeah. as fuck this guy. Yeah, well, which is actually... Which was which was kind of cool listening to my my guys too, you know, whether they were whether they were confident in their own abilities or just confident the fact that they were fighting one of these younger guys who hasn't really been to that level mm-hmm. yet. And kind of just it was cool, man. The swag that Team Chandler has where their these dudes were just like, dude, there ain't no way we're losing to these guys. These yeah. guys are they're they're too young. They haven't felt that pain yet. Maybe one or two of them might shine, but for the most part, if you had to choose prospects versus veterans, the veterans just or the 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 veterans have just been through it. 
mm-hmm. which adds layers. And I talk about it all the time, whether it be my podcast or even going on y'all's podcast, we, we talk about the failures and the pain and the right. setbacks and all these things. That is what turns you into the man that you're supposed to become. So my yeah. veterans have already gotten closer to the man that they are supposed to become, the athlete that are supposed to become, the individual that they're supposed to become. So it was, I'm very happy that I got the veterans and it's, it's obviously worked out extremely well. Now's a good time to thank our show sponsor, CarShield. We're all about who's the greatest here, and CarShield really goes to the mat for vehicle owners. They're the number one most trusted auto service protection company in America, and they're here to help protect you from surprise car repair costs. Flexible month-to-month plans through CarShield can cover up to 5,000 parts of your car after they break down. When you're covered through CarShield, you'll always have someone in your corner at the repair shop. Visit carshield.com and check it out now. Now, back to the show. Um man, Trevor Wells, you know, even thinking about him going back to, um, going his story I have a, in a note here, he's like, yeah, I'm broke as a joke. You know, he, he talked about his yeah, the uh, gaslight on. Gas yeah. on, right. You know, we've wild. all, we've all been there and, and that's what, that's what part of this show is too. Whether you are a prospect or whether you are one of these guys who has been, has been cut, you don't have a contract with the UFC. The only place that you can really make a lot of money and there's other organizations who can give you a, a good living. Um, but you know, Broke is a joke, he says. <laughs> so it was. That's crazy. But you, you don't realize what people are fighting for because just because just they're on TV doesn't mean they're making money like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, especially here too, because, you know, I looked at this too, and we've talked about this a couple of times over the past couple episodes is my guys, this, this really is their last shot as well. Because if say you go to this show and you don't show out and do well, now it's tough because you've been cut by the UFC and then you also haven't, you didn't show out great on another UFC mm-hmm. show. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's a great, I, I keep saying it was the great, the greatest second chance they ever could have had, had, but also a little bit of a scary way to get back into the UFC because yeah. you got one or two fights, maybe you got two rounds to sh- come out and show who you are and maybe you either make it to the finals or get it, hopefully get a contract. And, and like I said, too, in historically, there will be a ultimate fighter finale where the guys in the finals, uh, who we will see over the next nine weeks or so fight. And then also some of these guys, like I guarantee Trevor Wells gets a fight guarantee. Mm. He's going to fight somebody. We don't know if he's going to fight some other guy on the roster, some newcomer to the UFC or another guy who was on the show. Maybe he fights, uh, somebody else who's on the show who also lost maybe him and Mondo fight, even though they were on the same team, team McGregor, who knows, but these guys will hopefully most of these guys will get their opportunity. It's interesting you say that because this whole thing is to get a bid to be back in the UFC. You so you're, you're saying other guys still have that opportunity even though they lost. Yes. And that was that was what is most important, right? And and I think you did a phenomenal job not just being a football player too. You you created a brand for yourself, whether it was the Josh Norman thing, whether it was mm. a little bit of chirping, whether it was obviously busting with the boys you started a couple of years ago and that has exploded like crazy. But you did a good job of building building a brand outside of just being the big guy wearing the seven, seven underneath a helmet, right? right? Playing football. And that's what I told these guys too. This is your opportunity. Yeah. Maybe you don't win your fights. Maybe you don't win this show. Maybe you don't get the contract, but A, you'll hopefully get another shot. And B, you have the ability and the opportunity and the platform to capture the hearts and minds of people throughout this whole summer. Yeah. Everything you do is being documented. You have to think about your reputation, how you come across, what you're going to make people feel when you're watching these, op- these episodes on ESPN, you know, so they, it's a, it's a huge branding play for these guys as well, whether they win the fights or they don't win the fights, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's a, a huge opportunity. Um, let's talk about, um, let's talk about this weight cut thing. So to, to say, to lay the groundwork for people who haven't been watching, or maybe you just found us, 
I think it was episode two that they uh, they postponed the fight. Mm -hmm. And then now, do you have a, a clip of that? Let's play the clip because obviously I knew this going into it. I knew this. I was like, I know Timor, Timmer, uh, however you want to say his name. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was very tough. Tim, Timmer, we called him Tim. He's like, just call me Tim. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, was the bigger fighter, bigger than Trevor. Trevor even said it himself. Um, even said it himself. I'm one of the smallest guys here. Um, probably could make 125, possibly. So I knew we need. We had to fight for. Um, we had to fight for this this catch weight. And I proposed 145, just so they basically didn't have to catch cut weight at all. But mm -hmm. once you go from 135 to 145, now it's a whole new weight class. So I was like, okay, Daniel, let's do 144. Which yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a but nice strategy. Yeah. So let's let's see what they said here. Kind of in between, you know, the fights. Like I don't know what weight class I'm hitting mm. or how much weight I'm gonna have to cut this week or you know where we're at with that. The more you can make him suffer, the better. The more you can make I him suffer, the better. And I knew that. Yeah. yeah. It's better for you. Make it hard as possible for the other guy, right? And take every bit of advantage. You're going to be bigger than you too, isn't he? Yeah. Big, yeah. So I think making the weight that we were supposed to make at the start. Yeah, so they wanted to keep it at 135, which was just nuts. And then Connor, uh, just scroll it up a little bit, and we'll talk about the conversation I had with him and his coach. <laughs> Interesting here that Connor's not in this conversation. Well, Connor wasn't in this conversation, and obviously we'll, we'll show a clip here in a second that he wasn't in the second conversation. And this was what, what Trevor just said here was really tough, too. And that's, I think... Number one, the biggest misconception about this reality TV show was, hey, how much of this was scripted? How much of this was mm -hmm. was contrived? How much of this was, hey, show up here, do this. You know, Connor's going to come in. Make sure you say something about his suit or make sure you say something about his, his whiskey tastes like crap. Or, yeah. There was none of that whatsoever. It was more a sports documentary than it was a reality show. And what Trevor just said right there, too, he's like, I don't know what weight I'm fighting at. And this could have been three days before the fight, two days before the fight. We mm -hmm. didn't find out exactly what weight they were going to fight at until, man, I feel like it was like four days before the fight. It could have been 144. It could have been. So right here, what does he say? He says, Connor just called no negotiations. I'm like, we're not doing 135. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm just the messenger and I got my team there. We had already had these conversations. What they're saying is your boy with the long hair looks frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And here I, I concede and say, you're right. 144, 145 is a different one, a different or different fight uh, weight class. So 144. Concerned about getting a deal. It wasn't our guy who had to, you know, pull out of the fight. I'm not trying to punish him. That's a good point you bring up there too. It's like, hey, our guy didn't do anything to not fight. Like this is your guy's situation we you guys essentially have all the leverage in the conversation yeah of course it's like i'm i'm not here you and connor between me and connor i'm just passing on the message i like the subtle look back over the shuttle too like, where's he at i'm like yeah where is he at yeah it's between me and connor okay you can cut it right there like it is between me and connor but connor's not here but he's like okay 135 no negotiations blah blah i'm like okay and he's like well, you can't do 145 because it's a whole new weight class i'm like you're right actually i heard that from the commission that day so okay we'll do 144 and he's like well that's not a was it that's not a negotiation i'm like well are, we're not in a position to negotiate here yeah this is they're not, not in guy. a position to negotiate now granted yeah. too what what else was there there was there was something else oh i think i i just i touched on this Trevor Wells didn't do anything wrong. You know, mm -hmm. like he, it wasn't like he, you know, it was his fault and it wasn't like, and it wasn't, it was something that the commission made this fight get pushed back. So of course I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't want to tra punish Trevor, but I also have to stick up for my guy. And the hard part too, is when I'm standing here, Connor's standing next to me, Dana's sitting here and Timur was watching and listening to this conversation. Mm -hmm. Dana said it was a catch weight. And I'm like, okay, so now my guy knows he's getting a catch weight. I'm 
planting my feet in the ground right here, digging my heels in, and I'm getting this catch weight. Yeah. Because this is my dude. Number one, he heard you say it. And number two, it's just the right thing to do. So I had to stick up. But once again, Connor was, it was between me and Connor, and Connor wasn't there to negotiate. So. Yeah. You do a good job of playing both sides of the fence too, talking about Trevor Wells and all that. Like, hey, you do a good job of saying, like, I, it's you're not my guy right now, but I still love you. And I yeah, still care well, about because you. yeah, I, I just imagine if I just imagine him and in, in his career, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to screw him in this scenario, but I am trying to stick up for my guy. He's wearing red, I'm wearing red. My name is on the back of his jersey, therefore I stick up for this guy. Right. You know, so ultimately, uh, then we saw in the episode, Dana calls me and said, Hey, listen. Will you do 142? And I and I knew we were going to end up in that. It, it needed to be bigger than 140. That's all I cared about, mm -hmm. you know? Well, if they'd have said 140, would you have said, yeah? No, I probably would have dug my heels in. I would have said, Dana, I'm I'm, I'm not doing it, man. Because that's only yeah. that's only a four-pound allowance. And these guys just made weight. And Timor is, is bigger than Trevor, mm -hmm. you know? But then the other thing, too, is it was it was like pulling teeth trying to get information because you got to remember if you're on a reality TV show, there's the guys that you, okay, I became friends with Cole. Cole was my guy. He's freaking seven foot tall. And he was, he was, he can't give you inside information, but he can kind of at least help you make your decisions based upon this whole reality TV thing. Yeah. We're like, what is this? Is this the UFC that makes this, this, this decision? Was it the commission? Is it, is it this uh, production company? Is it the executive producer? Who's mm -hmm. making these decisions? Um, so ultimately all of them were just like, nope, not saying anything because they can't, they can't say too yeah. much either. Cause their li their, their livelihood is on the line. If, if it, if it got leaked that, you know, one of the producers gives me some kind of information, Hey, this is how it should go or blah, blah, blah. These guys can get in trouble, you know, cause we're, they're worried about their job. So everyone's just like, oh, plead the fifth. I can't say anything. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll talk to Dana. What, tell me. So if they were like, Hey, Sorry, it's one. It's one thirty-five. What was that? Is that the weight original? Yeah, one thirty-five. So it would have been one thirty-six because they all get a one-pound allowance. But yeah. still, yeah. So if they're like, hey, no matter what, it's at one thirty-six. It is what it is. Timmy, if he goes, what is the? What does it look like to cut weight? Yeah, it's uh, it's a bitch, right? Yeah, it's tough, especially for him because he's not. A, it's not a small one, one thirty-five. Right? Yeah, you know. So these guys, every weight cut, myself and at least two coaches went over to the the house. Um, you know, these guys were wearing plastics and they're getting in the sauna. Get the garage, getting, yeah. the garbage bags, yeah. the tape and all that. Seen wrestlers do that in high yeah. school. I'm like, that's wild. Yeah. Sauna, uh, sweatsuits, sauna, uh, sauna suits, which is the plastics, and then sitting in hot baths as well. These guys are, and these guys had just made weight at this point. It was, I guess, six days before, mm -hmm. you know, so it's hard. You, you, you balloon up no matter what, because you dehydrate yourself. So every little drip of water you drink stays with you. You could spend two full days trying to get rid of that water again because your your body just holds on to it. Once you've gone into into the mode of dehydration, your body says, okay, well, I don't know if you're going to do that to me again. Therefore, I'm going to hold all this water. Right. And Timor, who's a big 135er, I knew he wasn't huge and he's a gamer. He would have been fine. But also I made the promise to him, like, I'm fighting for you. I'm going to figure this out. You're going to get a catch weight no matter mm -hmm. what. And ultimately, that's where the, the waters get muddy too. If Dana was like, hey, dude, can't do it. 136, son of a. Hey, yeah. or, or the or the producers was like, hey, can't do it. 136. The biggest thing, the only thing I cared about was Connor not getting his way. Yeah. If it was Connor and I could tell that Connor was influencing Dana or Connor was influencing the producers or Connor was influencing it at all, that's where I had to draw a line in the sand. And mm -hmm. ultimately when you start hearing from producers commission and Dana, you're like, okay, 142, we can do that. That's fine. Yeah. You know, but I just had to fight for him, you know? And you guys can't get IVs, right? No. So that's, cause usually yeah. if you're like, Hey, just 
get the weight down. Yeah. Go through the struggle, pop an IV in real quick. You're getting your weight back. As soon, like as, that. Yeah, as soon as that USADA situation came in, we can't do IVs. Anything more than a hundred milliliters or something like that. Even if it's just like an, like a regular bag, just a salt water no. bag. No, because I guess I don't know what the I don't know what the the thought process behind it. I don't know Ooh. if it's using it as a dilution of your body and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think they were just like, nope, can't do it. You know, so it is unfortunate. Keeping it black and white. Yeah. Well, yeah. basically nothing. You just like, hey, okay, we're going to err on this side of you doing nothing. You know, they take yeah. all, put all kinds of stuff on the list. Um, and then. Um, yeah, so that was that was a big, you know, you guys saw me call Audie, who is. Connor's manager mm -hmm. um, got his number from from somebody because it's because um, that was the other thing too. When Connor isn't there, how do you get a hold of Connor? Do you, you don't have his phone number? <laughs> I don't. You didn't give me his phone him? number. Yeah, yeah, give him a call. <laughs> you know, Let him know. I don't. I don't. But obviously, getting to his management through the you know the UFC, obviously talking to Dana about it, and then talking to all these guys, it was it was tough. And then obviously, it's always tough too when you don't hear it from the horse's mouth either too. If it was me and Connor, we could have probably figured it out. But mm -hmm. it's going through his coaches, and I'm like, okay. Are you guys making this decision? Was it the UFC? Was it Connor? Yeah. And me, I'm just focused on my guys and just, you know. Keeping the forward. important thing the important thing. Pretty much, you know. Yeah. It's kind of what we were doing there. Man, what a stressful time. You were it tired. Stressful. You were so tired. I, was, I, I don't get tired <laughs> unless I'm filming a reality TV yeah, show. Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> yeah. Seems like it, man. I poured myself into it. Yeah. <laughs> but that fight, though, dude, it's it, like once they got on the ground, it seems like Timmy was just dominating everything about that. And you saw, you even said it when Wells was like, I wish I grappled a little bit more before. Yeah. And that's, that's where I thought, cause everybody keeps asking me about, about my coaching style. And I, and I, and I still remain con the conviction that it was more about the hearts and minds than it was the actual X's and O's. You had mm -hmm. to get these guys to believe that I wasn't just here for my paycheck. I wasn't just here because it's my name on the Jersey. I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't just here for my 15 minutes of fame, right? ESPN, it's a great opportunity, but I was here to, to coach these guys and usher these guys into the best scenario possible. But, um, it, it, it was, that was the most important part in getting them to believe in themselves. But the second most important part was, Hey, you got two rounds, cage work, ground control, ground defense are going to be the, the couple most important things. The, these fights are going to be won and lost there unless you get caught. You know, obviously yeah. Roosevelt goes out there, knocks his guy out in nine seconds, like the first round. Just you know, wild. Anybody can get caught. This is fighting in four ounce gloves mm -hmm. um, with a very, very um, little amount of protection. Um, but ultimately the grappling exchanges were going to be the most important thing. So I think yeah. that was what separated us. Seems like Timmy had a good little uh, jaw on him though too, because he got caught a couple of times in that first round. Yeah. He, he seemed does. like he was handling it. He does. And and that was one thing that uh, I think leading up to that fight, he had been dropped before. And I don't know if it was his UFC fights or the, the fights prior, because as I've said too, we, we got a list of 20 something names that could be on the show and we end up with the 16 and only mm -hmm. eight were on my team, obviously. So we did a ton of research, made a bunch of calls, emails, looking up everybody on social medias, looking up their highlights, looking up all this different stuff. And Timur had been hit and rocked a couple of times too, you know? So that was, that was definitely one thing, which we all do. I got right. dropped in my last fight. It, it's it's part of it. You yeah, know, as long I've as been you, knocked out twice with a helmet on. I can't imagine <laughs> having no helmet that's on. Yeah. True. So as long as you get up, you're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, it was uh, obviously he won, and I, it the the ground definitely shone through there. So did the same thing with Austin Hubbard. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the fight before that with Cody Gibson up against the cage, and then obviously he caught Mondo with the the flying knee. But that's my bread and butter. Don't use it a lot in my fights, but. Um, had to get my guys in the best Listen, situation. I know this is a reaction show, but if you, that's the second <laughs> time you brought that up. The, well, grappling, wrestling is your bread and butter, but you yeah. don't use it in your fights. Yeah. If I went into a game and I was like, man, I'm a great two-handed puncher, 
in my pass protection. But you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm gonna do one-handed <laughs> punches this game. Not use my bread and butter. Why? Why not? Is it? Is it because the thrill of the game? Like you like it, like exciting fights or what? No, I don't like exciting fights. I, I think if I had my choice, I think they would all be boring and, and easier than. But I think it's. Uh, you're, hey, you're the one fighting. You have. You know. You have your choices, right? Oh yeah, I guess I am in charge. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> this is your fight. You're allowed no, to do whatever you want. I am in charge. But no, I think uh yeah, man, it's I think I like to get the fight going on the feet and then mm. I just I a lot of times I get stuck in that mode. I'm like, okay, we'll just keep on slugging it out. This is kind of this is fun. I'm thinking I'm gonna knock you out eventually. I, I have never once in one of my fights not thought I was about to knock somebody out. Really? The whole time. So that's part of it too. You what you can do in what a mistake that guys can make is get kind of get in that one track mind and look for the knockout. They call it, ch they call it chasing the knockout. Yeah. You know? So I think I've uh, been a, you've been fallen, a victim of that. A fallen few times. victim to that by my own, like you said, yeah. I, it's not a victim like anybody else made me. It was like, I fall mm -hmm. a victim to my own warrior fighter spirit. Right. But you know, ultimately I think, uh, I showed, I, I took, uh, I took Poirier down. I took Ferguson down. So I'm, you know, what was that? Um, Three three fights I didn't grapple at all. Two fights I did. So we're 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 in the right direction. Right. You look forward to this Conor McGregor fight. I do. Yeah. And you take him to the ground. How do you think that would fare for Conor? Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, I I murder him on the ground. I think. Um, you think so, so? I do think so. You know, he's he's the thing about him too is he's he's very rangy in and out. He negotiates and navigates the distance very well. Mm -hmm. So that's why he hasn't been taken down a lot in his fights. Um, so I think he does a good job of of coming into the pocket, bouncing out of the pocket, hitting guys with uh, with follow up shots or or with uh, I guess counter strikes, if you will. That's kind of his favorite thing. That pull left hand guy throws a right hand, he gets right out of the way, and then hits you with that big left hand. Mm -hmm. He put Eddie Alvarez down with it, but man, I mean, just everybody. The list goes on and on of guys that he's put down with it. So that would be that would definitely be the easiest path to victory. But that's been the easiest path path to victory in all of my fights. I just haven't shown it so either way it'll be the the most electrifying first round we've ever seen maybe it's time to show it <laughs> maybe, okay maybe maybe, maybe, I'll maybe, take show it. maybe i'll take connor down but we'll see yeah dude just take him down the first maybe we'll just knock him down knock yeah him just run at him and tackle him i'm sure that'll work out great yeah. yeah just call my shot <laughs> call your shot going for the takedown i believe you said second round knockout second round ko Second Wear him down KO. big time in the first, hit him with the big shots in the first, make him second guess himself, make him wonder why the heck he actually showed up. Yeah. And then uh, finish him in the second. That's what I think happens. And you said that to his face. I said that to his face. And then he said, you hear it's at 185. <laughs> yeah. And then that little exchange happened. Yeah. That's probably the best line that he had the whole show for the sure. The whole show. You'll do what you told. But production... Did yeah. you say anything after? Because it kind of seems like yeah, it just, of course I did. Yeah. Of course I did. So, but it just made it look like I said nothing. But I don't remember. Just sat what I there. Said. Yeah, you did. Tap I don't remember the what on I the said. Chin. I actually felt like I let you down there because I think what we had we were playing cards over. We were playing. We were playing a game night over at your house like a week before I left. And you're like, hey man, here's a couple chirps I would use. Yeah. Okay, if Connor says something like this, here's what you hit him with. I know yeah. you are, but what am I? You know, yeah. you like, should hit him with that. Like, would you say 185? But yeah, I so said I heard you the first time. Stop repeating yourself. <laughs> exactly. Something basic, so, like, nice little jab. So at when him. I watched that, when I watched that, I was like, oh man, it looks like I had no comeback. Taylor's gonna rip me a new one for that. <laughs> I just thought you. I mean, you see the no context video, and you're like, man. But that's, <laughs> that's what they tough. do. That's what they're supposed to do. It's tough for the boy. Yeah, Got but body. you know what? People can talk all they want. At the end of the day, that octagon's gonna be closed, and so exactly. you and him. Exactly. God, I can't wait for that That'll fight. Be good. So hopefully, we get some some fight announcements, some yeah. fight news here soon. Everybody, I know you guys are waiting on pins and needles, and I know everybody is, you know, thinking Connor's not going to come back, or he's got this going on, he's mm -hmm. got that going on. Like, it's 
it's there's a lot of intrigue going on. Everybody is is eager for results, eager for information. Yeah. There's stuff going on behind the scenes. We're gonna figure this thing out. We will yeah. fight eventually. It seems like there's a lot of stuff going on, especially this past weekend, or this stuff coming out this weekend about Connor, like allegations. Yeah. He's in the club, he's wiping that nose a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I've obviously just seen a couple of videos like how does that make you feel like about your guys' fight going into it? Yeah, well, I mean, we're we're definitely. I mean, the thing about the the thing about a fight camp is you don't you don't need to be in camp six months from now. If we fight in December, like mm-hmm. the speculation is everybody's saying, hey, T-Mobile got got a uh, whatever reserved for December, sometime in December. That's six months from now. Mm-hmm. You know, do I think? I would like to see Connor a little bit more focused. Yeah, probably, obviously. But also, we only need two months to train for a fight. You only need True. eight weeks, 10 weeks to train for a fight. So I don't really look that much into it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's eager for information. Everybody's eager for an announcement, eager for some kind of path forward. Me the most, obviously, because my whole entire life feels like it's hanging on this right now, waiting for this. Is this fight, you know, the fight is going to happen, but is it going to happen you know, November, December, September, October, when is it going to happen? You know, yeah. we could, could get a call tomorrow. We might not have any information for another month. Who knows? So it's waiting mm. on, waiting on pins and needles, but also realizing that you can only really control what you can, what you can control. Focus yeah. on that. We're doing this. The ultimate fighter is awesome. I'm serving my family. I'm, you know, getting after it in the gym. I'm in shape. I'm focused on the task at hand for me, yeah. which is me keeping on the right path and staying out of those kind of headlines. And mm-hmm. here I am. When you look at uh, this, like this show used to be on Spike TV and now yeah. it's on ESPN. It's a little more buttoned up. You see the guys in the house, not really drinking, not really partying, kind of yeah. seen in past seasons. Does like, if you're in the ultimate fighter, are you even thinking about consuming alcohol at oh all? Oh my gosh, no. No, right? I'd be, so ner- I'd be so nervous that I would get a little bit, get a little bit, uh, you know, tipsy and say something stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that and like body recovering and all that. Like you oh, have, for sure. You that have to too. get ready to go. That too. Yeah. I mean, because this whole thing was shot, it looks like it was, you know, it's going to be uh, aired over a three month period, but it was mm-hmm. a very short amount of time. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I think uh, Connor drank the most so far on, on any of these episodes of the episode when <laughs> yeah. he got his, he got his haircut and he was dancing and doing all this other stuff. Man. And I think he posted an Instagram video that day and everybody's like, oh, Connor had, had a night. Yeah. Connor had himself had, a night. Had Tied himself a all. night indeed. <laughs> indeed. Know? It's so funny uh, becoming friends with you. The whole reason why I got into the UFC, Richie Incognito, shout out Richie Incognito. Oh, yeah. He, uh, when I first met Talon, like 10 days into knowing Talon, me, him, and Talon went to the first McGregor Diaz fight. Oh, that's right. And I really wasn't watching UFC like that. And uh, Richie's like, hey, you got to watch this guy, Conor McGregor. You got to watch this dude. This is the guy you got to like look at the highlights. I literally became a fan of the UFC because of Conor McGregor. Yep. And now, We've planted a flag in the ground. Yeah, he'll, Draw he'll a line in the sand. Like I'm, I'm anti-Connor right now. Yeah, me too. Gotta be. Me too, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm no definitely doubt. anti-Connor. Yeah, you know I mean, that's the funny thing though too. I'm, I can take my ego out of this whole thing. I'm not necessarily anti-Connor. Like, mm. I, I want to beat the heck out of him. So yeah. like, do I want to absolutely demolish him? Do I? Did I want to beat him so badly on the show that I want to make him look bad as a coach and all that stuff? Of course. But ultimately, there's a million other guys like you who became a fan because of Connor, mm. you know, a million other people who felt what it felt like to be at one of these big fights. And it elevated the UFC, which has then in turn elevated my paychecks, elevated my platform, elevated right. all of us fighters have benefited from any superstar like Connor who has come in to the, to the sport and got us all to a position where we can all make more money, make a better, make a better living and become much more, much more in the limelight than we ever would have been, mm. you know? So it's, I'm not an anti-Connor guy, but I, you know, 
whenever fight camp happens, I'm I'm thinking about one thing, and that's separating him from consciousness. Yeah, he wakes up like what just happened? What a line, by the way, separating him from separating consciousness. From consciousness. You ain't got you ain't got consciousness around me for very long. If you're conscious, <laughs> we're good. I'll we, tell we've you been what. talking about this. We talked Clip about this that. on the bus. Clip we, talked that about one. we talked about this on the bus numerous times. That was yeah. the fight that I wanted, and the fight is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. You've you know, spoke it. You definitely spoke it into existence. Made made it happen, man. I visualized it. I've mm. talked about it. I wasn't afraid to say it. The biggest thing. Not just in fighting and cutting promos and all that kind of stuff. If you want something and you believe you deserve it, you believe you want it, you have to speak it into existence. Whether it is just amongst friends saying, going out on a limb and saying it or saying it publicly, which is the most, I think, impactful way you can do it because then it it ties you to that and then that's what you, becomes your focus. And it just... Um, elevates your consciousness toward that thing happening. Yeah. And you see more and more signs. Even right now, while everybody else is seeing signs of this fight being in jeopardy or everybody else seeing the signs that Connor is doing what he's doing, mm -hmm. all I see is signs that this fight is happening. It's going to happen by the end of this year. And uh, your boy's going to get his hand raised. And then we got bigger and bigger fights after that. Hell yeah, brother. That fires me the yeah, fuck up. It's going to be good. That fires me up. Well, dude, Thank you so much for this, man. Uh, I appreciate you, obviously, as a guy who's been to fights. Um, you and I, who have talked about this fight, I don't know, no less than 225 times over the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, we've you talked know? about it a lot. You know, it's been the topic of conversation mm. numerous times. And then, actually, I feel like I feel like you and I lived this a little bit since you and Will were there. Uh, we went to the Power Slap. We went to, uh, while you guys were there um, in Vegas, and you actually yeah. saw me, and the boy was hurting. Yeah, well, but, dude, it's, it's very cool to see your journey. <laughs> Very fun. cool to see your journey, man. I'm stoked for you. For sure. But uh, but thank you for joining, man. I appreciate it. You are an awesome dude. And also anybody out there, thank you all for um, tuning in and subscribing. Make sure you check out Busting With The Boys. Uh, these guys are putting out fire content appreciate nonstop that. every day. I've been on the bus how many times? Four times now at <laughs> yeah, this point. Yeah, you're out there. Uh, you're our number one most reoccurring guest. Yep. And I will continue. I've actually been on the, I've been on the bus twice right after a, a, a fight. And I don't think I've won yet. No, it's yeah. always a loss. You well, know, it's always passed. You it's always passed. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. It's not like a curse, but it's like, hey, you know, you or Will will, will reach out. It's like, hey, man, you want to get on the bus? I'm like, yeah, mm. dude. Monday, I lost on Saturday. I licked my wounds on Sunday. I'm going on the bus. I'm confessing my sins. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it all out there I right now. It. You know, I'm bleeding. I'm, I'm stuffed up. I probably sound like a, you know, I got some sinus problems because I got a broken nose or what, whatever it might be. Um, so thank you guys for giving me a, a huge platform. Thank you for being on this show. Um. Thank you so much. And man, we'll, uh, episode five will be next week. We got, uh, we got the beer Olympics coming up very soon, Oof. which so that'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be a week from tomorrow, <laughs> a week from tomorrow, a week from tomorrow. We're this comes out Wednesday, away. right? This comes out Wednesday. So, so it'll be six days from now, six days from now, the beer Olympics. We got, give us a, a lineup of everybody who's going to be there or at least a few people. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you comedians, athletes, entertainers. Yeah. So you will be partnered with Russell Dickerson, your boy Russell right Dickerson. there. You guys oh. shout out tough reaction show episode one. Yeah. Russell stud, Dickerson stud. Yes. And they can absolutely put it down. Uh, comedians, obviously, Burt Kreischer, Shane Gillis, Uncle Laser is going to be there. Oh my gosh. Football players, David Bakhtiari, left tackle for the Packers. Uh, Jordan Ruse, Corey Levin, they will be partners. They play for the Tennessee Titans. We got um, George Kittle, DeForest Buckner. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a time. Jelly Absolutely. Roll will be there. Epic. We don't call it the Olympics for not, no, for no reason. This is the beer Olympics. This so, is going to be elite. So everybody, obviously, like I said, subscribe, subscribe to Bustin' with the boys. Make sure you check out, if you're not already checking out the content, most likely you are. Um, but that, those videos, that whole vlog, whatever y'all are going to do aside from, uh, for that event is going to be phenomenal. So. It's going to be awesome, man. But dude, well, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in. Um, and thank you all for your support as always. God bless. We'll see you at the top. Thank you.